The world has changed, so we need to change. By focusing on how we can be good and do good, we can ease into that change one step at a time. First Mile and the beginning of the supply chain is a great place to start. And Robert and Lee of Mercado joined me last week to talk about how they are changing the game for businesses everywhere in the first mile of their supply chains. Go and check it out wherever you subscribe to Let's Talk Supply Chain. It is episode 122, or you can check out podcasts at letstalksupplychain.com and check out episode 122. Let's Talk Supply Chain is not your average supply chain podcast. We feature not just the top of the industry, but also diverse voices from within the community, new innovations, and the disruptors making waves in the industry. Don't listen to the same old, same old. Be sparked by new ideas and fresh perspectives only on Let's Talk Supply Chain. Ayana is responding to the needs of the intermodal freight industry, and they are delivering. They have created a brand new program called The Business of Intermodal Continues. It's entirely online and will include educational webinars, virtual panel discussions, market updates, and industry leader interviews throughout the remainder of 2020. For more details, visit intermodal.org. Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. So many exciting things happening right now. We've got a new show called The Data Den over on the SC Supply Chain TV on YouTube. So go and check that out. Plus, every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern live on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, LinkedIn for Let's Talk Supply Chain. I am going live with a guest and we are talking about, it's called Thoughts and Coffee. And we're talking about all sorts of things, including some of the hot supply chain topics. Last week, Audrey Ross and I covered um, a new e-commerce giant coming out of South Korea called Coupang and how they're taking on Amazon. We also talked about the shortage of glass vials and how supply chain is either hindering or helping that um, issue when it comes to a vaccine. So I implore you to go and check that out. We always keep them on our Let's Talk Supply Chain LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook page if you do miss out on that one, or check it out every single Tuesday morning. Tomorrow morning, we're actually going to be talking to, or I'm going to be talking to Irina Roska about what they're doing in the fight against COVID-19 and what it means for you um, at home as far as testing and uh, what's coming up and, and what they're doing and, and some of the challenges that she's had in supply chain as well. So we've made it. It's the beginning of a new month, the beginning of summer, and of course, we are highlighting a woman in supply chain. Our feature this month is Melody Dickinson of Alloy. Melody is enthusiastic about technologies that leverage data to solve problems that matter. She has contributed to making transit accessible, helped retail supply chains integrate the demand signal, and aid advertisers in answering whether their campaigns increase sales. Adept at understanding customer and market needs, growing revenue, and driving collaborative success, Melody is a driving force, and I can't wait to hear more about her story in this episode. But first, let's get to the question of the week. So the question of the week is, what supply chain topics would you like to read or hear more about? 
We had some great comments on here. Alvaro says, automation of planning and supply chain, mass customization and personalization to customers. That one is huge. I really like that one. Circularity and sustainability, supply chain disruption. Sheik Tanvir, inventory, warehousing, demand planning, logistics. Uh, Catherine says, training and onboarding new workers, how to deal decrease high employee turnover. Uh, Cheryl Ann, sales and operational planning. And Tina C says, supply chain talent gap. Those are all amazing topics and definitely some of the topics that we are going to be uh, tackling either on the blog or the podcast or in some of our videos over on the SC Supply Chain TV. The question of the week is always my favorite time of the week and hearing everyone's thoughts and seeing you challenge thoughts nicely or agree with them as well is so inspiring to me each and every week. So thank you so much to everyone who joins us every Wednesday morning on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. So back to today's episode featuring our woman in supply chain for July, Melody Dickinson. This feature could not be possible without the support of Alloy. So a little bit about them. Alloy equips consumer goods brands to capture demand and streamline supply chain by breaking down silos within and across supply chain sales and marketing teams. Their cloud platform couples end-to-end inventory and shipment visibility with sell-in and sell-through analytics to surface relevant insights in real time. Team members can proactively address risks and maximize opportunities as they monitor demand trends, evaluate performance against forecasts, and drive collaboration internally and with partners to adjust execution and plans. Companies ranging from the Fortune 500 to digital natives use Alloy every day to grow customer relationships, improve service levels, and prevent out-of-stocks while lowering costs. So the reason why they are sponsoring our Woman in Supply Chain initiative is because growing a diverse team and creating an inclusive culture is at the core of Alloy's values because they fundamentally believe it creates better outcomes both for their company and the customers they serve. Sponsoring an episode of Woman in Supply Chain is just one example of how Alloy is putting action behind this intent and amplifying the voices of one of the groups that's traditionally underrepresented in supply chain and in leadership. With Melody's impressive background, they're proud that she chose to join Alloy and are excited to showcase her journey and unique perspectives. Thank you so much, Alloy. So welcome to the show, Melody. Well, hello. Uh, Thank you. I've got a fresh cup of coffee here and I'm excited to talk supply chain with you. Awesome. I'm excited too. I'm really looking forward to our chat today, hearing your perspectives on the industry and what your journey has looked like and how you are inspiring others. So let's get started. Why don't you tell us, because you've had an impressive career path. As I was doing my research for this, this episode, I was super excited to dig into that a little bit further. So where did your journey start and what has it looked like from where you started up until where you are today? Yeah. So, you know, it's it's funny. I think maybe in some way I was always a little bit destined to get into supply chain. Um, you know, when you ask, when your teacher um, in grade school asks you what you want to be when you grow up, um, you know, my answer was always, I want to be a UPS driver. And just wait oh for it. Goodness. Yes. Um, as a kid, I thought that was the best job you could possibly have 
because, you know, whenever I was a kid and, and, the, and the people in Brown would come and they would drop off packages, they would just be filled with surprises and joy. And I was like, I want to bring joy to the world. And the way to do that is through, you know, transportation and logistics. <laughs> that is awesome. I mean, can you imagine going to your teacher when you were younger and be like, I want to be a supply chain professional? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, at, at the time, um, you know, the, the motivation and the reality, um, you know, may, there may have been a disconnect. Um, but, you know, today, I think um, in some ways that's evolved. Um, although I work in commercial software, uh, which I think brings a whole different type of, of joy to the conversation. Yeah, it definitely does. And I think that day is I, I think that day is coming where we are going to have the next generation going to their teacher and saying, I want to be in supply chain and I cannot wait for that to happen. So yeah. we talk a lot in our Women in Supply Chain series, we talk about, you know, your journey to success and kind of what that looked like. So how did did you fall into supply chain? I know when you were younger, you know, you talked to you talked to your teacher about being a UPS driver. So where did where did you start? Like how did you get into supply chain? Yeah, it, you know, it's interesting. I think I love talking to supply chain professionals about how they get into the field because there's there's always a story behind it. Um, I have been working in economic and workforce development. So this entirely different world of, of public policy, but one that was wrought with just terrible inefficiencies and trying to solve for those inefficiencies kind of brought me into supply chain. So, you know, just a little bit of context, um, you know, in certain counties in, in the United States, we invest in education and training for our workforce. But afterwards, people, um, you know, who I'd been working with were struggling to get to work uh, and get transportation reliably. And so, um, you know, from that standpoint, I started getting into working on, on initiatives to solve transportation and related network uh, planning problems through deploying technology. Um, and as you can start to, to connect the dots there, um, you know, that led to, you know, getting into supply chain, um, starting a business, and then realizing that I was way in over my head, and I needed to go back uh, to school um, to further my education and kind of get get grounded in, you know, some of some of the more technical aspects. Interesting. So wh when you say technical aspects, are you talking about you saw the emergence sort of in, in tech in this industry or what are you what are you referring to? Yeah, absolutely. And so um, I had been working on on systems, uh, engineering systems, integration um, and network planning, which involved a lot of, uh, you know, commercial off the self shop software um, and looking at deploying hardware um, and kind of connecting various uh, pieces uh, throughout the supply chain uh, to be able to, to kind of understand the flow of people um, and, and make that more efficient. Awesome. So what exactly are you doing now then? Yeah. So uh, like I mentioned, I do work in commercial software. Um, within the supply chain where I specialize is, is all the way downstream. So starting after the production of, of goods through their, their distribution and sales. Um, and my, my expertise is, is in helping consumer goods companies use analytics to synthesize their data, which encompasses mapping the different transfer, or transactions that occur across the disparate systems. 
um, that kind of helps adeptly bridge the gap that exists between planning. So, you know, everything that you anticipate is going to happen and execution. So, you know, everything that does or, or has, has recently happened. And I try to make that, that balancing act between supply and demand um, easier through, through analytics. Well, that is definitely not an easy undertaking, and but I'm sure that you have a lot of fun doing it. Absolutely. There's there's never a dull day. Well, that's what supply chain is all about. I mean, we're all problem solvers. We're all trying to find solutions. And uh, so that's really at the heart of every, I think, supply chain professional in this industry. So, you know, we talk about success, the journey to success. What does success as a woman in supply chain look like to you? Yeah. Um, how how each of us defines success, I think, changes over time. So, yeah. you know, early in our careers, I think it's, it can be easier, especially for women, to be very strategic. We've got really high rates of educational attainment and uh, employment and early trajectory. But it's actually around the mid-career, I think, uh, when we need to think about what success means and how to really, you know, make sure that we're being equally as strategic because our career progression tends to flatten. Sometimes it's by choice, um, but, you know, data show that women hit their peak earning potential in their mid-40s, whereas for men, it's often about 11 years later. Um, you know, I'm citing money here just as a means to measure relative trajectory and, and you know, not an absolute judgment of, of worth or, or decision making. Um, so if we're being candid, I, you know, right at this point in my career, have a little bit of FOMO, um, you know, because I'm, I'm probably at that mere mid-career point. So, you know, what success uh, for, for me as a woman looks like is, number one, being in control of my own destiny, kind of kind of knowing what that's like um, within the arc and the trajectory. But secondly, um, part of success and uh, in, in experience comes with knowing that you're able to do things for others. So whether it's mentoring, um, you know, whether it's just, you know, having conversations and, and nurturing people within the industry, um, you know, being in that position uh, to help others is, is just as meaningful um, and its own validation of worth. Yeah, and I think you make a good point, right? Success to everyone looks different at every aspect of your career. You know, when you're first getting into the industry or you're first getting into your career, success might look a little bit differently than when you're in your 30s or when you're in your 40s or in your 50s. Um, you know, I think family comes into it at some point. Right. Because your journey to success doesn't just include what you're doing as far as a career or a career path. Right. It sort of encompasses all of what you're doing from personal to professional. And, you know, we're starting to see that in some companies and how they are nurturing talent and nurturing a culture within their company is looking at people holistically from a personal and a professional development standpoint as well. And I think you bring up some really, really great points, you know, um, as far as where you are right now, what success looks like for you, what it might look like for somebody else. I mean, somebody in their 30s might have the same outlook on success that I might in my 40s, right? I'm just getting into my 40s and, uh, well, just about to. I mean, I've got a couple of months. 
Well, congratulations. Um, well, thank you. I think to me, I think I'm going to have the most success in my 40s than I think I've ever had. And that is really, really exciting for me. So um, I love that. I love your perspective on that. So you are in business development, right? For yes. Alloy, which is a supply chain technology company. I'm sure you have exciting conversations with people all the time because supply chain tech is it's new to the industry. Traditionally, we haven't been tied to technology. There's a lot of amazing things emerging in the industry right now. So what are some of those exciting conversations you're having with customers in business development? Yeah, you know, just I'll, I'll provide a little bit of historical context because as much as technology has changed, right? There's technology and then there's change management and people. Um, so it's incredible how few companies have really adopted uh, to, I guess, um, the shift in technology and how much even over the last few years it's improved. So 10 years ago, when I first started working with consumer goods companies, um, I was fresh out, fresh out of getting a master's degree in supply chain management from MIT. And I was working specifically with a lot of global supply chain leaders in the food and beverage and personal care industry. They were really focused on developing their points of view on demand-driven supply chains. And, and I think it, that's some, some terminology that by now is, is pretty industry standard. Um, but the industry itself, um, especially from the supply chain side, was just making the shift from using latent data um, to understand what was actually selling through stores and needed to be replenishment or replenished. A lot of a lot of times they were using syndicated uh, information. Um, you know, there was latency. Um, you know, it just uh, wasn't even raw information that was uh, a complete picture of the truth. Um, and they, you know, shifted to using this very, very fresh information, which is kind of the standard for getting real-time visibility uh, within the supply chain today. So, you know, there was this rise of, of big data where, you know, tech stacks would kind of creak and groan at the process of information being fed. And yet operators had unparalleled access um, to information that could improve their, their management of the customer supply chain for the first time, um, you know, and also improve top and bottom line revenue. Super important. Let's not forget that. Um, but you know, tying this back to what I'm seeing today, I think, you know, a lot of companies kind of dip their toe in the water, they recognize how analytics, how analytics can drive, um, you know, efficiency within their organization. But I wouldn't believe you just wouldn't believe how many people uh, and companies are still doing really, really manual things today. Um, that kind of slow down the process and are counterintuitive to their efforts to be, you know, part of a modern demand-driven supply chain. Right. So the adoption is a little bit slower than I think, you know, maybe the, the majority of the industry and industry conversations that we're having. Right. Because a lot of the industry conversations that we're having is around tech and implementing tech and everybody going from manual to automation and the big shiny objects. And I think that yeah. that's something really important to bring up. Right. Because there's all these really great, amazing options for you. But there's some internal work that I think needs to be done first. 
That's good. That's completely right. Um, you know, there, there are the build or buy discussions and, you know, most, you know, global organizations have a data lake and there's a wealth of information there. But if you talk about the people, you know, who are, who are utilizing it day to day and you walk in their shoes, there's a lot of, you know, manual kind of intervention with spreadsheets, individual heroics. Um, you know, it's it's a story that within the software industry we tell all the time. And I, I guess what's really interesting is even though, you know, companies are, are still, you know, working to, you know, optimize on-shelf availability and reduce OTIF fines, you know, minimize spoils. I mean, these are things that we're always going to have to work on every single day. Um, there's this kind of acceptance that, yeah, we could have better tools and solutions, but, you know, I, you know, I, I guess there's even this hesitance that I don't know that we're going to be able to find them, but really? they exist. Yes. Really? Even yes. today. Well, you know, and that's that's one of the reasons why I put my podcast together was because there are the solutions out there. We just can't find them as easily because there's not as many outlets that sort of talk about what exactly they do and how they can help customers. So, you know, you bring up a really good point. Maybe we just need to do a better job of, of getting in front of those professionals and saying, hey, we're here. We can help you. This is this is what it's actually going to do for you because they don't necessarily have the time during their day, right? Um, depending yeah. on who they are and what they do, and especially if they're working on manual. Yeah. Right. They're working that, on spreadsheet. That's yeah. That that's a huge part of it. And there's this also a, this assumption of you know we are still trying to tackle the same end goal. But, you know, people hear the goal, they acknowledge it's an admirable one, and sometimes skip over the fact that, that the pieces to get there have improved, um, and the technology is available. So, you know, tying it back to being in business development tech in supply chain, I actually heard about Alloy from, you know, one of those top 10 consumer goods companies that's always on Gartner's, you know, supply chain excellence list, um, you know, and they said, hey, there's this company, they're super flexible, they're in software, you wouldn't believe it, they're really easy to work with. Um, and, you know, they're solving the problems that we haven't been able to solve today. So I think, you know, I was like, all right, who do you know there? Are they hiring? And so being <laughs> in business development, um, you know, that's the fun part is being able to kind of tackle something that again, is a problem companies have been trying to solve for 10 years. But then you actually are equipped with the fact that you have um, a solution that provided they're, they're willing to walk through the change management, you can help them with. So tell me, what is that feeling like when the light bulb goes off? Like, do you actually see the light bulb and then you're like, yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, you know, within supply chain and, and, and it's not just, you know, maybe from a business development side, you're just constantly juggling so many moving parts, right? It's a puzzle and you can fit the pieces together, but the pieces, you know, it's like the puzzle walks in, everything looks good. And it's just this like brief moment in time before it all kind of like scrambles again and you have to put it back together. So I think, you know, as, as supply chain professionals, we all kind of have those like really special aha moments. Um, you know, for me, it, it happens, you know, to be in, in kind of, you know, working through the software journey. Um, but I, I, I would say that, you know, we all kind of experience in, in that in some way. I mean, would you agree? 
Oh yeah. I mean, I have aha moments on a daily basis. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> let's get back to, let's get back to a little bit of your journey. What drives you and motivates you every day? What would you say your key to success is? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's partially intellectual for sure. Um, and it's partially, you know, the, the fact that there's a certain type of person that gets attracted to this industry and that person is just, you know, problem solvers, roll up your sleeves, um, kind of people who can look at the bigger picture, because you have to understand the system, you have to understand the moving parts, but then also be able to kind of tinker and play around um, with, with, with the minutia are just really kind of fun people. Um, you know, it can be a slog sometimes. And ultimately, you know, it, it's it's who we surrounded ourselves with uh, that kind of determine whether or not, you know, this is this is a slog that, you know, it, it's worth working on together. Absolutely. You know, people make all of the difference. I know I asked a question of the week, probably about a month or so ago, maybe about a month and a half about, you know, what your favorite thing is in supply chain. And most people said people. Yeah. Like, yeah. Most of the comments for people. Yeah. You know, on a, on a related note, um, have you read the book um, Dynamic Supply Chains by John Katorna? I have not. I highly recommend that. Um, it's kind of um, a book that looks at supply chain systems from the lens of people. So, you know, how you want to service your customer and, you know, how you kind of align your organization um, from a people standpoint around, you know, the, the different ways that you can, you can make and supply products. So um, that's my, that's my read of, of Amazing. the podcast. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> check it out. I think everybody needs to go in and check out that book, maybe get it on Audible. I think I'll go check it out and see if it's on Audible. And you kind of, you brought me into my next, my next question, because supply chain is changing at a rapid rate right now. It is being highlighted in the news, and it's an exciting time, really, for us to be supply chain professionals. So what would you say to anyone looking at supply chain as a career right now? What should they figure, what, what should they consider when they're figuring out what supply, what part of supply chain is good for them because I mean let's be honest I mean supply chain covers a whole host of different things that you can do and so when people are going for I mean you did your master's in supply chain management so what would what would you tell you know people looking at supply chain as a career yeah you know I I did a nine-month program um, it was great. They love to say it's drinking out of a fire hose but literally the entire nine months I was trying to figure out all right, Supply chain is such a wide umbrella, and how do you figure out, you know, what the what the ideal piece is for you? So, I mean, you know, you can ask yourself, you know, what keeps you motivated for the long haul? Is it people or process or technology? Is it a combination? And then, you know, from there, you you think about the whys behind why you answer that. Um, you know, it, I think it's really easy to speak in platitudes when you're talking about, you know, your career search and, and what you ultimately want to get out of, of your journey. But, um, you know, you have to look for functions within the chain that kind of, um, you know, are a good fit for what your, what your strengths are and where your interests are. 
Yeah, I think maybe even aligning with a company that would give you the um, flexibility to be able to try out different parts of the business in, in the supply chain sector, right? Because just in a business under supply chain, there's so many different hats, right? There's sourcing, there's procurement, there's logistics and transportation, there's last mile, you know, there's distribution. There's so many different things that, that you can go into. And for me, I've always told, you know, my stepkids, to um, try things out because you're never going to know what you like to do or what you're really good at until you actually get a chance to, to test it out. If you don't like something, it's not the worst thing in the world. And we, I think we all have to realize that from a business perspective and from a personal perspective. Yeah. I mean, Sarah, when I uh, was at school looking at careers and interviewing, I was dead set um, on the fact that I would never go into software. Like it was just not even on the radar, but, you know, understanding that I really enjoy talking to people, right. Trying to like sort out problems and then, you know, find technology solutions, which could help make their lives easier. It was like, Oh, you know, ultimately it was kind of like, Oh yeah, you, you're going to have a career in software. <laughs> well, I mean, if we're being honest, when I was, when I entered this industry at 18, did I really think I would be in supply chain media? I mean, it wasn't even a thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I, you know, I remember when I was going to grad school, I would talk to operations professionals, you know, PhDs, people who had started out, you know, they worked on the plant floor and I'd say, hey, I'm getting my master's degree in supply chain management. And they looked at me like I was speaking another language. This was 12 years ago. They were like, supply chain, is that like operations? Like, is that academic? Like, you know, and I was trying to explain to people what supply chain is. Now it's an, like a competitive advantage that people tout on their websites and their marketing materials. They use it to, you know, recruit talent um, and sell products, like everything across the board. It's, it's just, it's a trip. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you should have seen some of the faces when I said I was going to start a podcast three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> we got the same faces just for different reasons. Yeah. I mean, I can see your face today. I wish everybody who's listening could. <laughs> so, you know, diversity and inclusion, we've got a long way to go in supply chain. Um, and I think, you know, part of that is it's so important that we as women in supply chain support each other without judgment and bias. Would you agree with that? And do you think we can do that successfully? Yeah. I know. Yeah. I mean, what, when you ask, the first thing I think is, is why is this a question that we still have to ask today? And we do have to ask it. We do have to talk about it. Um, it again, it's easy to speak in kind of generalities. So I'll, I'll try and try and reference, you know, my personal experience. But, you know, I, I think, um, you know, for, for any woman, you know, within, um, you know, kind of a kind of a, a male dominated industry, um, sometimes, you know, we find ourselves being spoken over, um, you know, we react differently um, to certain situations, just for whatever reason than men do. And, um, you know, we have we also bring a lot to organizations just in terms of, of having a, a collaborative nature. 
Um, which which sometimes works, you know, for everyone. And, you know, sometimes, I'll be honest, it, it feels like it, it works against us. And so, um, you know, I, I try to think about, um, you know, how to, uh, you know, really, you know, come up with some, some cogent thoughts about this. And ultimately, um, something that, um, you know, Indra Nui said at a network of executive or women or, or new event um, last year kind of stuck with me. Uh, and this isn't a direct quote, but, you know, she kind of basically said that, you know, when you see somebody exercising bias against somebody, um, you know, it's up to you to kind of step in and, um, you know, support that person who is experiencing that bias, whether that be another woman in supply chain, you know, it could even be, you know, like, you know, it, it could be a man, it, you know, it, yeah, could, it could be, be anybody, any yep. human on, on mm -hmm. the planet. And so I think it's just so important for us um, you know, to, to be, uh, and again, I hate to use platitudes, but be that change that we want to see in the world. Um, where yeah. if you're like, you know what, this is intolerable behavior. Who's going to stop it? I mean, there's an appropriate way to do it, but mm -hmm. you know, we can all support each other and, and, and any one person can play that role when it's needed. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, bias is the biggest word here. Right. And I think, you know, threaten is another really big word that we need to talk about more. Um, yep. And I think, you know, in our in our climb, in our journey um, as women through this diversity and inclusion sort of jungle, I want to say, or even through our career, you know, we're we're hitting roadblocks in different aspects. And I just really hope that we don't run into um, roadblocks from each other, right? Yeah. Because we're coming up against so much, we don't need to add to that. And so I really try to encourage um, everyone really to leave your bias, leave your judgment, leave the threatening emotion that you're feeling at the door, talk it through. Let, let's have more communication. Let's talk about it. You know, if I'm feeling something and, and you don't agree, that's fine. We can agree to disagree, but let's not go and say, I don't want anything to do with you. Let's not go and say, I'm not going to support you because, you know, I don't necessarily agree with you, but, you know, this is my stand on it. This is my stand up, but I, I still think we can support each other and move forward and move this needle of diversity and inclusion inclusion forward. And so that is the reason why I wanted to ask you that question is sort of, can we do it? Right? Can we get yeah. through some of these fundamental issues that are holding us back? And there's so many of them that we don't need to be holding each other back. And I think it's a really important point point to make. And I'm I'm so glad that you were open to answer that question. I think you answered it beautifully. So you. why don't you tell us a story um, of a time in your journey when you were faced with a hard decision or taking a leap of faith? What did you do? How did you make that decision? You know, what I, if you can tell us what it was, we'd love to hear the story. So so let's get to know that that part of your journey a little bit more. Yeah. You know, I'd be curious to get your take on this, but I often find that it's not those pivotal decisions, like the big ones that you look back on that are the difficult ones, because there are so many small steps that determine your trajectory before you even get there. 
It's like, you know, it's like, do I want to go, you know, down a dark alley that's dimly lit? Or do I want to walk down a, a well-lit road, you know, with plenty of people and, you know, lots of, lots of, you know, great, great attractions. Um, so, I mean, I will kind of share something uh, that has to do with the role of female mentors uh, in my career. Um, Cause it, it, I think if we talk about propping each other up, that that's a place where I feel very kind of fortunate. Um, earlier, you know, uh, you know, in my career, when I was making the transition uh, to, to, you know, having my own business um, and getting in over my head, which was super fun. Uh, I, uh, you know, had a, had a female mentor, uh, her name was Robin and, and she helped kind of set me up and, and look after me, um, you know, and make sure I didn't get into, into too much trouble. But, um, you know, one of those small kind of pivotal moments was just, there was one day where she was checking in on me. Um, you know, it was like the drive home from work, you call the people that you want to connect with. And, um, you know, while we were talking, I was just like flipping through my email mindlessly, terrible habit, right? We all do it. And I saw in my spam filter, this email from MIT about the supply chain management master's program. And I had already decided that I was going to go to school. It was probably going to be business school, you know, applications were in the mail. And I kind of, right as I was hitting like delete, I, I kind of said, ha ha ha, like, you know, this fantastic elite university reached out to me about this program. And she was like, wait, 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 did you say supply chain? She's like, you, and this, again, this was in the time when, you know, so people didn't really know like that supply chain management was a career path. She's like, don't delete that. She's like, pull that out of your spam folder. She went through the website with me. We talked about the qualifications and she was like, there's literally no better career path for you than this. And if you do not apply, like I will never speak to you again. And so it's, you know, those kind of like really small pivotal moments that are almost like, they seem like chance. They seem like they could just be like ships that pass you by in the night. Um, that ultimately, uh, you know, influence our trajectory, you know, more than we realize. I got, I got goosebumps for that. One of my um, <laughs> best sayings, and I say it every single day, um, is everything happens for a reason. And I am definitely a true, true believer in that. But also part of that story is also to see the support that you were able to get from your peer to say, hey, you know, this is something I see in you, something that this course is going to elevate you in your career and lead you down a trajectory that is going to be something that is going to be super amazing for you. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm trying to say? Like those aren't conversations that we necessarily hear a lot about. So I'm really glad that you were able to share that with us. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, our networks, it's, that's what keeps us going. Um, you know, it, it's been an interesting time in the world, but you know, there are the, the people who you're like, all right, like, who do I need to check in with? Who do I help? Um, and again, as we talk about, you know, females in the industry, um, and even broader, uh, again, uh, you know, I don't want to be self-limiting here. It's like, you know, it, it really comes down to, to, to people. And the support really of each other. Yeah, no, it really does. And the inclusion of everybody, no matter what happens. I mean, you know, if I don't like somebody and they don't like me, but we can still, you know, 
um, be in the same room or be a part of the same event or something like that, like that stuff needs to happen. It's not mm-hmm. any more you versus him or, or anything like that. These discussions need to be elevated and they need to be around that word inclusion. That's why it's diversity and inclusion, right? It's not just diversity. It's not just inclusion. It's a, it's inclusion of everybody. And it's not just about gender. It's not just about race and everything that comes under that under that umbrella. It's the way we conduct ourselves and the way that we move through our lives on a day-to-day basis and how we treat each other. So let's talk about the future. What's next for Melody? Ah, so, uh, you know, I just joined this company, um, Alloy, and I'm super excited to take the product to market. Again, it's not every day that you hear consumers of software uh, come uh, and technology come to you and say, oh my gosh, there's this incredible company that delivers like everything that I wanted on time. It's like, uh, what? And I'm, I'm not going to make that promise, you know, just, just putting it out there to everyone today. But, you know, I, I think we're really on to something um, in order to kind of, you know, take and map the network um, of supply, um, connecting between manufacturers and their customer supply chain and being able to serve up not just visibility, um, but actual actionable information that weighs some of the financial trade-offs between, you know, do I expedite freight to, um, you know, try and prevent out of stocks? Um, or am I actually going to lose less money and given the product that may be running out of stock, just take the hit and wait for the natural replenishment cycle. Um, so I could probably, uh, you know, if anybody's interested in, in talking about what we do further, I'd love to have that conversation. Um, for sure. And certainly that's top of mind today. Um, I do have this kind of uh, intellectual kind of like pet uh, side uh, thing that I'm interested in as well. Um, You know, if anyone interested is involved in in internet of things um, and kind of uh, being able to collect and aggregate uh, information across the supply chain, you know, for manufacturing and transportation um, and, and kind of, again, being able to synthesize that real-time information to being able uh, to have more visibility and kind of predict actions that may be happening. Um, it's not an area that uh, where I work today, um, but it is very similar to kind of being able to map some of, some of the data points and, and movements within this, the customer supply chain. So I think ultimately... Um, you know, I would like to kind of sit at the inter- intersection where you can really kind of build a true uh, supply chain control tower um, and kind of connect all of those pieces. And I'd be really curious to hear more um, about what people and, and organizations are doing in that space. I love it. Well, no matter who you are, it is an exciting time to be in supply chain, only through conversations like this one, where we can be inspired, motivated, challenged in our thinking and introduced to a new perspectives. Can we truly learn and grow? If you would like more information about Melody, Alloy and this episode, please check it out at letstalksupplychain.com forward slash episode 123. Alloy was recently on the show and you can learn more about them in episode 112 as well. Thank you to the team at Alloy and thank you to Melody for trusting me to help tell your story and for sharing your insights today. 
Thank you. This episode was produced in collaboration with Border Buddy, the most innovative online customs platform out there. And here is what Graham, the founder of Border Buddy, has to say. More and more companies are looking to expand their reach into global markets, but most don't know where to start or don't have the time to figure it out. Border Buddy sees the struggle and has found a way for you to integrate customs into your e-commerce site, allowing you peace of mind when selling to customers in other countries. Your customers will know exactly how much the costs are to import their order from you to their door in real time. And just imagine what that will do for your business and your sales. Visit us and sign up for 10% off your first clearance at borderbuddy.com slash let's talk supply chain. Want to learn from the other women in our Women in Supply Chain series? Well, there's a few ways to do that over at letstalksupplychain.com. Either join us on the Women in Supply Chain page, or you can filter it in the category section under our podcast or blog pages as well. Next week, Resilink is back. They originally joined us over a year ago on the show, and I can't wait to share with you what they are working on now. So stay tuned for that next week. If you'd like to support the show, Show, there's a few ways to do that. Follow us. Follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to us at letstalksupplychain.com and you can subscribe to our newsletter there. Subscribe to us on YouTube, the SC Supply Chain TV, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Next, go to ships.com. That's S-H-I-P-Z.com. We are looking for freight forwarders as well as mid-market importers and exporters to join us on our platform uh, to create a trusted marketplace for international air freight and ocean freight. We'd also like to see you on there if you are shipping domestic air freight as well. Next, go to shop on letstalksupplychain.com. We've got a ton of great merch. Plus, we've got our supply chain dictionary, which is 107 pages full of acronyms and definitions you might need to succeed in your supply chain career. I mean, we have a lot of them and you can find all of them in our dictionary. Lastly, if you'd like to be featured on the show, go and rate and review this show over on Apple Podcasts and we will feature your review on an upcoming episode. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.